Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I have a very special guest, Miss Natasha of Boldly You Code founder. Natasha, before we go into your easy, busy vegan mom <laughs> Instagram page and everything you do, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, your family life, your mom and all of that good stuff. So as you said, I am the founder of the Boldly You uh, Mom Code. And basically, I have like multiple businesses. I started as an entrepreneur eight years ago. I was not a mom at that time. And I started as an online teacher. And since then, I have run multiple businesses. I have vacation rentals. I do consulting, digital marketing consulting for vacation rental owners. And right now, with uh, The Body You Code, I am a life coach for mompreneurs and moms in general to help them simplify their life and their businesses. And I have a three-year-old daughter. Uh, she's turning three, in fact, tomorrow, but we can say already that she's three. And we have been traveling around the world with her since almost she was born, like not all the time. We have a base in Spain, but right now, for instance, we are in Brazil. And like she celebrated her first birthday in Malaysia and she has traveled to 10 countries. So yeah, that's a bit about me. <laughs> so tell me, because I, I want to get into your mompreneurship and entrepreneurship and all of that stuff. But what is it? I love to travel. My husband and I love to travel. So I understand. But what was it about for you? And I see you're from you're from Paris. You're, you're from France. Yes. Near Paris. Near Paris. Okay. Very beautiful, beautiful country. Paris was an excellent city. But anyway, what was, what is it about traveling and why did you feel it was important to bring, to bring her with you guys? So as I said, I started as an entrepreneur. And in fact, I started as an entrepreneur two years after starting traveling around the world. I studied, I worked like a normal, what we could call a normal job, a very good job. I was really good pay and everything. I was already abroad because I, I started working already directly abroad. I started working in Germany. I had a good job after two years. I decided that I wanted to travel the world. It was my like my big dream. So I went for it. I quit my job. Not in one day, of course. I took one year to plan for it. And then I, I quit my job. And basically, like at some point, my daughter came into my life. And I know that for even for me, when I went traveling around the world, when I decided to quit my job, when I told my parents, hey, you know, I'm going to quit my job. And it was like middle of the crisis, the financial crisis, which hasn't stopped, in fact, uh, in Europe. And uh, my mother told me, which is very like conservative and everything. And she told me, right now, it's not possible. You will come back and you will not find a job and blah, blah, blah. And I told her, like, I'm single. That's the best time for me. I don't have a family. That's the time for me to do it. So even at that time, I thought when I will have a family, no way I will travel like this. So, but she arrived and we didn't travel from day one. We were like, she was born in Spain. 
And we started to travel. The first travel was an easy one. It was to France to see her grandparents and family. And then we went to the Netherlands for a wedding. And we went to Malta, I think it was before. I don't remember if it was before or after the wedding, but uh, the same year, she was not even one. And then when things got what a lot of people would call crazy uh, for us it was just like what we wanted to do but still we hadn't I, I, basically I was living from one country to the other I was living in China before having her then I moved to Spain she was born in Spain and but my partner always wanted to go to Asia he was dreaming about it but for him it was not possible like we could not do it this, this was not possible to do it so what, at one moment, I said, yes, we can do it. Uh, let's sell the car so that we can pay for one part of the trip expenses. And we decided, okay, let's go for three months because he hates, and me as well, in fact, I got used to, to this, he hates the cold in Spain. <laughs> it's not that cold, like comparison to France or other countries. Well, yeah. this year it got cold, it's uh, snowing right now, but usually it's not like this. Yeah. And so we decided, okay, let's go. We went for three months in Asia. And this was when she was not even one. And I am very, uh, how to say it? I care about a, lot, a lot about the environment. So you can imagine she has closed diapers. She had closed diapers and everything. But we still went traveling for three months. And yes, I did it by hand uh, when we were traveling, mostly. And we went for three months. She was not, uh, not even one year old. We went to Thailand, Malaysia, that's where she turned one, and Cambodia, and then went back to Thailand. So we had like our way, like return tickets from Thailand, and we just loved it. We loved it, and but at that time, we were still not sure, okay, are we doing it again next year or not? Uh, next year came... Uh, in between, we were in Spain because I have, like, as I said, a vacation rental there. We had multiples, but with the crisis, we closed. We have one now, which is our property. And we still traveled when we have the base. We travel mostly in Europe, usually. And then for the winter, we take three months. And last year, we went to Brazil because we thought, okay, like she hadn't met, we like she's half Brazilian. She hadn't met her Brazilian family, her cousins. So, okay, this is a good time for it. So we went for three months uh, here and we are again in Brazil. And this year, this was not planned this year because of COVID. We thought, okay, we will do a road trip around, around Europe. We had bought the new car for it. Uh, we had problems with the f one car, so we had to buy another one, but whatever. And we went to South of France. It was amazing near Granada, South of Spain, sorry, uh, to Granada. And then we went to meet my parents south of Barcelona. And then we were supposed to go to the south of France, where we already had like a place to stay and everything planned. Uh, and then two days before we were crossing the borders, they decided to put a new lockdown in France and also in Spain, in fact. They decided in France, they, they didn't have lockdowns. They still don't. Uh, they were putting in lockdown basically the areas, the regions. So we were in Catalonia area, and from one day to the other, or from one hour to the other, we heard that we need to leave because otherwise we will be closed in Catalonia. So before Europe was no borders, and now we have borders in our regions, which was crazy. 
And tell me, how's that it now? Because when from, okay, so now you're in lockdown and then when are you able to, actually, where are you now? Are you in Brazil? Yeah, so that's, that's the story we were, we were supposed to be traveling in Europe because we, because of COVID, we cannot travel that far. But then it was lockdown and then we were thinking, okay, like, no, this is not for us. Lockdown is really not for us. Like I lived one, I was okay because I was luckily, at, I was visiting my parents just after Brazil. Uh, I came to my parents for two weeks and the first day of lockdown was the day I was supposed to come back uh, in Spain. And my partner was already in Spain and we decided no, like he stays in Spain, he leaves the lockdown there. And we lived it uh, with my parents, with a garden, a bigger house. So. Like this was better. And for her, like it was three months, I think, three or four months, I don't even remember, with her grandparents. So it was awesome. So to reply to your question, yes, they are thinking of going back into lockdown. I, for me, in fact, just like they haven't stopped. Like sometimes they give us some like freedom time, but then they put us back into lockdown, which freedom person, as you understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what would be your goal then? Now that you're a little more prepared, would you stay in France or would you go to Spain? What would you do? Right now, right now we are in Brazil. And sure. because of this, we went, we decided, okay, let's buy the uh, flight tickets. We were not sure like we have to buy it as soon as possible before they prevent us from going anywhere. So we went here and I rented like, for this month. I rented a place here. It's amazing in nature. And we will see. We don't have a return ticket. Uh, my partner needs to to come back for some like some personal reasons. He needs to come back sure. to Spain. So in March he will come back, but he might come back to Spain and then back to Brazil, depending depending on how it goes. Because they are talking again in France and in Spain right. about a new lockdown. And this is not for me. This is not for us. Yeah, yeah. of yeah. something to feel confined and to be locked down. Yeah, no, I get it. And let me tell you, I understand about the cloth diapers because my husband and I are, are trying to be sustainable and eco friendly as well. And my child used cloth diapers for, actually, he still uses them because he's potty trained. But at nighttime, we still have that. He's only three, but we still have some of those. So we use the cloth diapers for the nighttime instead of using. So I get it. But but when we did travel, because we traveled quite a bit, not internationally, more domestic within the US. But I was like, oh, I can't bring these cloth diapers traveling. So kudos. And that's awesome for you because that is a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge, but at the end, in fact, it's easier in the way that, you know, when you're traveling, you want to yeah. enjoy your time and you don't want to like, oh, I'm running out of diapers. diapers. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And if you're like into uh, the environment, then you need to think, okay, where could I find some diapers which are not that bad for the environment at the same time? So it works out. And for me, I'm, it, it's crazy. It's just, I will say something crazy. And many people, I think, will say, like, she's from another planet, but whatever. For the environment, I think since this year, I read a, I read a book. It was called No Money Man, I think, or something like this. A guy who, who lived uh, with, from Ireland or the UK, and he lived without money for one year. And in fact, now it's still continued, but the challenge was one year. And he was talking about the impact of the of laundry, the number of liters that I used for one laundry. And I thought, okay, 
Well, uh, I don't want to have this impact, so I'm quite radical of such uh, things. So now I'm doing everything by hand, but not like I'm not waiting for the whole pile to come. I mean, I'm doing it basically like daily, watching, uh, watching what is coming. And so when it's what I wanted to say, yes, when I'm doing it, I am grateful to have the time, as I'm a mompreneur, to have the time to do it. As a working mom, like uh, for instance, like you, I'm sure like I, I would not expect someone who is working full-time job to do this because, like as I said, in fact, it doesn't take that much time. It takes five or ten minutes. But this is something I chose to do. And when I do it, I'm grateful for doing it. Even like many people might think it's crazy. To yeah, say. Yeah. Well, and actually going into being sustainable, and I see that you're a vegan. Have you been a vegan? How long have you been a vegan for? Yes, uh, I have been a vegan five years, I think. Oh, uh, wow. Only five years. For some reason, yeah. I thought it would have been longer. Okay. How was that transition? Were you a big meat eater, be- meat eater before or was it an easy transition to go to, to veganism? Yeah, it was a very easy transition because when I moved to Germany, I was already into the environment and everything like this. So I was buying organic meat. Organic meat is not cheap. It's quite expensive. So I was not having it every day, uh, of course, uh, because I, I'm a saver. I'm <laughs> the saver team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was not eating every day. And then how I became, I became vegetarian first and then vegan. Uh, how I became vegetarian, I was in China at that time, which is, again, is crazy because they, they love their pork, but uh, love their pork eating them. Not <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're big meat eaters. Yeah, yeah. And so when I started, it was one week. I didn't eat any meat. I didn't eat. And I started, yeah, I was not vegetarian, in fact, because I was still eating fish. So I was not eating uh, meat for a week. And I saw, okay, I'm not missing it. So why not continue further? And at that time, I had another business. I was taking uh, people who are learning French around France for a tour. So that half of the day is cultural and half of the day is French lessons. And the girl who was on the trip with me was a vegetarian. So this even took me one step further because it was the same, like really at the same time I transitioned. And we went to so many amazing restaurants that I have found that the great thing is when you go to a vegan or vegetarian restaurant, usually it's also organic. So it's really like good food, you know, like of course, I will not say all of the vegan uh, no. foods are like this. We, you have a lot of junk food, fast food as well. But like we went to amazing because it was like a high level trip. I was not taking care of to a vegan McDonald's. So like we were eating so well that yeah. I didn't want uh, just the week after it was we were celebrating I don't know what we were celebrating but we were celebrating something with my parents we went to a restaurant a Thai restaurant and I think and I said no I don't want the shrimp I'm like I I really like don't feel like eating it and my mother was like come on then I came back to China I was still vegetarian so I was still eating eggs a lot of eggs my snacks were yogurt and eggs and of course, I like cheese. I liked at that time. I still like it, but I just don't. I, know. <laughs> I saw the movie, which is called Conspiracy. So like conspiracy, but with the core. Okay. Uh, it changed me. I saw it because it's based on the environment. I saw this movie and I was like, okay, if 
again, this is very personal. I, I'm not attacking someone who is for the environment and everyone's choice, but I watched this movie and for me, I was like, okay, I would be pro-quit if I am eating, eating meat, still yeah. cheese after watching this movie. Because I saw even for the cheese, the quantity of water that you use, the quantity of land that you use, the deforestation and everything. So I was like, no, this is not for me. Now that I know, I cannot do as if I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so this was, this was done for me. I did a video, in fact, on YouTube on this that... I will not say I'm a super radical vegan that if we go in a cafe and I, I love eating dessert uh, and like there is no vegan options, then I might eat it. Uh, and I know that some of my vegan like counterparts will like kill me for saying this, but I let, I'm honest that just like this. Yeah. Or like meat, meat, I will not eat it. Like meat, fish. So I'm like full vegetarian and let's say 95% vegan. So I will, I will not eat those things, mm -hmm. but sometimes. And, just... and what about, and your partner and your child are also? My partner is not. He has reduced. He has reduced a lot because That's he right. loves cooking. Sometimes he's cooking his meat uh, separately, but most of the time he's not. For him, the most difficult was for cakes and things like this. He likes to put his eggs. Uh, he thinks that it's not possible to do a cake without egg. In fact, it's, I'm doing the vegan uh, birthday cake tomorrow because I know that it's possible to do it without eggs. But, and for my daughter, she's fully vegetarian. She has never eaten any meat or any fish. She's eating more than me because she, it's more difficult for her to control. Like I have my mind, but for her, like she's with emotion. So she's eating sometimes something which has cheese, especially here. This is super difficult. And honestly, as a like mom being vegan and having like big principles, I would say it's super mm -hmm. tough because yeah. many people don't understand here. For many people, they, they think like I'm mistreating or how, how you would say in English, I don't know. Being bad for my daughter when I tell oh, her you're depriving her of something, you're you're taking away from something from her having, yeah. Even though I think that here, like here, it's crazy. Honestly, like food here, if you don't look and if you don't know, many people don't know. This is very bad. You have many transgenic, like or like generally modified uh, things. On all of the things, in fact, this is crazy. If you buy things from the supermarket, there will always be this tea, which is, means transgenic, so OGM yeah. modified, GMO. This is for everything, for everything. So it's not just vegan. It's not being able Pro to it's eat some. It's processed in general of everything, yeah. Exactly. So like, think, people think that I, she will suffer if she's not eating. So it's it's kind of a battle. And I'm but happy but it's funny what they don't realize is that, that you said the GMOs and the process is actually worse than her not eating the meat, but that's what we've conditioned ourselves to think. Again, it's like I learned from a friend of mine, progress, not perfection, right? It's, you take it one day at a time. So what my husband and I try and do is like not to have too much meat in the house. Although <laughs> since my son because he does have meat in school, like I'll make more chicken. I do chicken and fish, but it's not every day, you know? But my husband can go without eating meat, which is funny because usually he's the man and usually the man has the thing of wanting meat, but no, he can be fine. I'm the one that makes it a little difficult, but I think my issue is because he's not a cook and I am the mental uh -huh. thing to have to think of what to make because I'm doing 20 million other things. I think if he was a cook, I'd be like, sure, let's go. But I have to now think of, so many things. So, I mean, not that it's an excuse, but 
it, it does make it, it adds on to make it a little difficult, but that's awesome that, you know, you're steadfast in what you are and what you need, you know, because I know sometimes you need the supports to continue that, you know, so it's good that he respects you and what you need and vice versa. So that's awesome. So Natasha, why don't we go into, because you are an entrepreneur, you empower CEO moms to feel grounded, to clear burnout. I know you've been awesome when I answer questions on your Instagram, your reply to me, which I think is so sweet and so thoughtful. So tell me, what is your clear path of what you do and what you're really, truly passionate about right now? What I'm doing is, as you said, uh, exactly, is I'm helping mompreneurs who, because usually they have set very high goals, very big goals, because of course we have all dreams. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't have dreams. And I was in the same position before. And because of those big dreams that we usually see on social media, that we see in Facebook groups, you know, like what they call like five figures, six figures, I'm a millionaire, whatever. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And from day one, you want to reach those things that people have like taken sometimes. Of course, for some it's quicker than others, uh, but you put a lot of pressure on yourself. So basically what I do is I take them where they are and I really, first we work on an energy reset. So we see where they're like, low energy, what we can do for having high energy. We work on their productivity, on their focus, because this is not sustainable. And this is, in fact, you cannot be first focusing only on the big goals uh, without putting actionable steps and trying to do everything in one day. You will not be focused because our mind cannot. We, we just we are not done for this. We, we are not robots. We are you. We, we get more overwhelmed. It actually, it actually, I feel when I, when I have done that and taken on, I feel it's counterproductive because then you don't want to do anymore because you're so overwhelmed. Yes, exactly. You feel like, oh my God, like they have all this to-do list and they feel bad because they haven't done so many things on their to-do list. When I ask them all the time, and it's the same, it's always the same question and the answer, like, how do you feel when you see this to-do list? Do you think it's achievable for you? And that's the, like, I work with smart goals and one of the points of smart goals is achievable. Is it achievable for you to do this to-do list in one day? They will reply, uh, say no. <laughs> then why are you like punishing yourself uh, that you haven't achieved it? This is, this is not possible. So. Another uh, step that we, we take is really to see everything they do in the day. What are the important tasks? What are the not so important tasks? What are the tasks that they can delegate? What are the tasks that they really need to do? Where are, like they should focus their energy and their work so that they don't spend hours on Because we are becoming, usually people are becoming mompreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, but as moms, there are a few reasons. Like one of the reasons is you want the freedom, the time flexibility, the like location flexibility, and also to have more time for kids. But then we focus on the big goals, like this six figure, and you have less time with your kids. You have like you're working crazy hours. You're feeling overwhelmed, frustrated. You're yelling at your kids when you're not. You're feeling depressed when you're not. 
And this is just not you. This is you have become someone that is not you, that you are not aligned. So I really focus on, okay, how to realign your life and your business around, of course, your big goals, but working more sustainably on it. This is really what sustainability to not try to do everything in one day and focus on what you like to do. Yesterday, I saw a post a girl, she, I'm not sure she was a mom, but she was a woman. And as women, I think it's something that is even more present for us. We really like put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And she had built an incredible business. Like many people come to me with this. Like they have built their incredible business. They, they, they have succeeded already. They have what many people will say, a successful life. But for them, it's not successful because... They have, they're overwhelmed. They have so many things that they are doing in the day and they are more drained than before having this, what we call successful life. Uh, Because mental exhaustion is way more destructive than physical exhaustion. It's like, don't work on, mental exhaustion will cause physical exhaustion because you will not be able to sleep. And so like you will think about all the things that you have to do, all the things you haven't done, everything like this. And someone, and I don't want to criticize that person, uh, but she commented, but this is uh, the job of a, of a CEO. You have become a CEO and you should be like, basically she didn't say like this, but when you read it, like it was like this, uh, you should be grateful <laughs> that you have this life. And I was like, no. If she's not happy with this, why are you telling her she should be grateful? Like, no, this is all those shoulds. I hate it. I, I said, like, I'm very big on freedom. We have too many shoulds in our lives. Uh, from the moment we are born, like, you should do this. As a mom, like, as a woman, like, you should, like, have a good job. You should be able to... You should get to- married. You should do this. You should do that. Yes. Exactly. And... So she should, she should be happy. She should have been happy. She should accept that she, she's doing all the admin stuff and she's not doing what she calls the hard work. Like she's in the painting industry and she was a painter for buildings. And, but she wanted to do this. She wanted to do the painting. And usually it's all the time like this. You start a business. Why? Because of a passion. At least I hope that many people start it for a passion. And then you have so many other things coming on that you feel overwhelmed and you, you forget your passion. And I was like telling her, no, okay, if this is what you really like doing, continue painting and find people like for the administrative stuff, you can always have people do it. Delegate. But this is something, again, I think as women, and this is so difficult for us to delegate. I could not delegate at the beginning. I And I'm a recovered perfectionist. I thought, no, 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 no. Like I cannot delegate. I'm like, only I need to do it. I have to be in control of it. Exactly. But then, like, right now, I'm building my life coaching business. And I have to tell you that, really, I'm delegating almost everything. Only, like, those interviews I do myself because I love them. And I don't mean to cut you off, but really and truly, if I, I love studying people, like, that's my passion, which is one of the reasons why I started this. I can say since I became a mother, I appreciated the community around women. Prior to mm-hmm. my son, I've always had good relationships. But, you know, it's kind of like, all right, whatever. But now, like, I'm such an advocate for women and women empowerment and supporting women. 
And I think it's important that not only you have to be passionate for what you want to do, but the community aspect. And I know for me, they say the most successful people delegate to other people. They hire the people to do what they don't know how to do so they can do what they know how to do, right? Yeah. So if I'm trying to think, if I'm a business owner and the accounting aspect isn't my my specialty, but I'm like, but I need to do it all. It's like, no, that I'm going to hire someone to do my accounting so I can focus on what I am good at, which is the selling or whatever it is that you're good at. I had to learn that. And there's so many apps now. I think there's so many good apps to take advantage of, you know, that can help with the productivity, not just hiring people, but you're so right in that. It's like, you have to delegate. That's how you become, I don't want to say should successful, but it helps you grow whatever you're trying to grow. I think that's how people become more successful because then it allows you, as you said before, to really focus and not get the mental exhaustion of trying to do so many things. Exactly. And also to have time for yourself. You need time for yourself every day. And if you don't do this, again, like another like mompreneur, she's in my like group coaching program and she was telling like, uh, she's in my group coaching with my coach, not uh, with my services, Mm -hmm. although I uh, she would uh, be very good working with me, but that's another point. But she, she was saying that she was commenting on my post and she said that she's working from eight to nine because she doesn't know how to manage her kids. They're like really, she's always distracted by her kids. And I was asking her, are you working a full-time job and your new business? Or this is just you working hours for your new business? And she said like, no, just my new business. I was like, oh my God. And she has four kids, plus she's pregnant. One kid is three. No, uh, yeah, four kids and uh, she's pregnant. And I was like, this is, this is not sustainable. This is not really not possible. We cannot, we cannot live like this. You need to find time for yourself. Working from eight to nine, it's not a life. This is not the life. I know she has like, she launched her business because we are in a great group program to launch businesses. So she has launched it well, she has clients. So I'm really like, I, I need to send her a message to ask her like, what is she doing? Like, I, I, I always ask those people like, what are you doing? What are the tasks that you do daily? As I said, like, what can you delegate? What should you do yourself? She's, and I will say it badly, but uh, she's helping horses and or horses owners to communicate better, to like something like this. Oh, okay. And she's perfect for this. Like she's very spiritual. She's good for this. She should focus on this. This is her passion, uh, not on all the other things. And I know that she hired a OBM, so like online business manager. So at least uh, she has this from this week, I think. So I, I was very happy when she told me this. This is a very good point. Uh, but for me, I delegate, as I say, I delegate almost everything. And at the beginning, I didn't do, I didn't want to do it. But now I have a copywriter for my sales page and for my opt-in page. I have a copywriter for my content, for my launches. I will probably have a VA to like put everything uh, there or I will do it myself. But I, and that's a, I think it also goes to the fact that I think as women, again, as we should, I think it's also, and I know it's an American thing here. So I don't know, you tell me if how it is in Europe, but it's very, you got to hustle, you got to hustle. You know, you got to outwork your competition, you know, your competition sleeping, you got to go, 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 go. It's now within the last maybe five to 10 years that people are realizing, no, that doesn't work. It might work for a few that are really, really 
crazy. And for the podcast world, I'm putting crazies in my head. But like you said, you cannot sustain and without a burnout at that level, you just can't. But I also think as women, we just have to, we just have to handle it all, you know, because that's what we have to do. And I think, I know for me, I didn't have a podcast editor for the, for a year and I've had my podcast now a year. And that was very draining on me because I enjoy doing the podcast, but editing can take two hours, two, three hours. And all last year I did. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, I, I can't. And I would get anxiety thinking about a conversation because I'm like, oh, now I've got to edit it. And if I didn't edit it in time and I spoke with a woman on my podcast and she was like, you need to get an editor. But I'm like, I don't know. It's not going to sound authentic. And she's like, no, it will change. And that has been a game changer. And I didn't really want to pay the money, but it's an investment in me. And that allows me to do more of these conversations. So I don't have to worry about editing. Exactly. And it's, you don't want to spend the money, of course, like we all have this, we don't like we want it perfect, we don't want to delegate and we don't want to spend the money, at, especially at the beginning, where we don't have that much money from the business. But you, I, I mean, you're working a full time job, so you have money from coming from elsewhere, which I think is very important. I always like... I have multiple businesses, I have multiple uh, sources of income. I think it's very, very important to have multiple sources of income and also savings. And what I wanted to say is, yeah, you don't have the money, but you, we have like, I don't remember where I read it, but it really like resonated with me when I read this thing, is you have like two things uh, that people like should care about. No, not that we should care about, but two things like money and time. One thing you can earn, like more or less, you will, or like even, even if you like go bankrupt, you can get money back. Time, you will not get it, never. Like you will not turn 20 again. <laughs> we are over this. So like really now, I, like, I focus so much on this. And as you said, like, yes, people like tell you hustle, 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 work hard. And like, you know, work hard, play hard, those kind of things. Yes. I am working not hard and I am playing very hard. <laughs> working I smarter. Am... And, I, and I realized after my son, because I was in a very ambitious woman, I was, I wanted to get the high titles. I'm in the corporate world. I wanted, I was the first one in, last one out. I worked on vacation. I worked on my maternity leave. I worked, worked, worked. And then once my son came, I was like, I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I need to work smarter, not harder. I need to work smarter. Exactly. Super important. Work smarter. And they, once in my group, I, I said that I'm working like, in fact, today was my crazy day. I, I worked three hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, but usually I work one hour or something like this. That's it. Yes, maybe for this business, but thankfully, in fact, I'm not relying like so much on money from this business. But yeah, maybe this business will grow slower than others. Perfect. I'm fine with this. I'm by the pool right now while other people are working their ass off. And, but I will, wait, I will not wait for retirement. I'm not waiting. This is my retirement. As I said, in fact, I could retire today. Uh, I'm already earning enough for my savings, but I, I really want to help other people to like, avoid this burnout. But I, I will not go back to this life where I was burned out myself. I, I was the same as you. I, 
I worked on my maternity leave. At that time, I was still uh, teaching online. The pay was not the same. Uh, it was very kind of, I, I started, when I started teaching online, I was at $5 an hour. Then I went up to 25 but then I saw, okay, this is a cap. I could not go uh, higher than this. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I could, there, now that I'm thinking about it, there are some ways, but at that time, I thought it was the maximum. So I needed to, I was still trading my time for money. I'm still, but less, uh, way less. Mm-hmm. And, and I worked until until I went to the hospital, in fact, and to to deliver my yeah. daughter and to give birth to my daughter. I started, I think, working again maybe one week, two weeks after she was born. Not even honestly, like I will not say it was a blessing. I was very grateful. I could work from home, not all the time. Yeah. Um, I was very really happy to work. My partner told me, like, oh, you're so tired. Like, maybe I should find a job so that you can, like, rest and everything. And I was, Are you crazy? Like, this is my sanity time where I'm talking to an adult <laughs> for one hour. I'm paid for this. I'm paid to talk to an hour and uh, not hearing the baby cry for one hour. So, like, please let me do this. Don't take this away from me. So I will not say that this was not bad. But, yes, I, I was working way more than now. And, in fact, it's one part of my program where we see how to be able to have a good product suite with different prices, uh, with some prices that are lower but that don't take or don't require any of your time, which are more passive and some higher tickets or some good programs where it can be affordable, but it doesn't. It's like it doesn't matter if you have one person or ten or one hundred person uh, right. people in your program. It will be the same amount of time that you're spending on it, or of course higher tickets where like you're trading your time, but you're trading it for a higher price. That's so awesome. like something I see with my clients because I started working online, uh, charging five dollars the hour. And which is very low, uh, but I was happy because I had the freedom. I didn't work anymore uh, for someone, but I was afraid. I was afraid to ask for $5. I, I thought like, oh, how can I ask for this? Will I like deliver a good service? And will it be cool quality and everything like this? When in fact, I was delivering way more than other teachers online. I was taking notes when many people were not taking notes. I was giving them documents and everything, well, whatever I was doing. But we always have this imposter syndrome, which I also work on the mindset that we, with my program, we think like, no, like, how, how am I worth this money? You're worth this money. Like, your clients are like, not hesitating. I'm like, I took a program which was 6,000 and, and I didn't even go, get on a call. I saw that th- that person was where I wanted to be. I bought it at 6,000. That's it. I didn't think twice because I knew the, like I could uh, have the return on investment after and also the time. It's all about the time. Like how much money will, I, will it take for me to learn all the things that she has learned already? And that's where the value, and I think as women also, we do put, we don't charge our true value or we're afraid to ask for what we really, really deserve. That's a thing I'm learning. Like there's a lot that I'm still, that I'm getting there, but one of the biggest thing is probably not advocating for my own self. And you, we do like, we get ashamed, like, no, we can't, people aren't going to do it. And then it's going to be an issue. And then it's this, and it's like, no, the right people will come as they need be. 
And in fact, if we talk about the corporate world, when we say, oh yeah, women less paid than men for the same position and everything, it's not because of discrimination. I'm sorry to say this as a woman, but because we don't ask for it. So of course, if we don't ask for the salary and the man is going to ask for it, well, he's going to get it. Like when you don't ask for it, you get a no. But when you see and you say, okay, this is my price, this is, you take it or you... We don't advocate for ourselves and we don't apply for the positions. We're very fearful. So I was reading a study too, where they say men will apply to jobs that maybe they fit three out of the five criteria to get the job. And women won't at all. No, they're not going to hire. Like we just immediately put this like negativity. Right. And again, that's what I'm trying to learn is to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, and there's other ways to advocate for yourself, even if it's not the pay, your, your, you know, whatever it is that that's important to you, right? Because everyone has their own idea of success or their own things that bring them joy and things that they need. So that's what you have to advocate for. Now, let me ask, since you do have a little one, are you doing homeschooling? Like, how is that life? You know, what is going on with that? So like, she's going to turn three tomorrow. So we will homeschool or unschool, so to say, or world school, as we say, when we are traveling the world. She's very, very intelligent, I have to say. Even though I'm really like helping her, I'm, and that's why I've already been for homeschooling, even before having like been pregnant or having a, my daughter. I was always for this because I, I think, again, it's just my opinion, that I, I really want to follow her, her lead, like when, what she likes. I remember, I don't For you to have, to have control, to help you, to help gear her and guide her there as opposed to a stranger. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And not just as opposed to a stranger, but when you're in a school, unfortunately, there are 20 other like kids. The teacher cannot be there for every kid and know what they like. So you have to sit down, you have to do this. Again, a lot of hads have to and should that I, will, I don't like. So I am, yes, for now, I'm not homeschooling her. I'm just, we are doing a lot of we go on a walks a lot and here we have the pool. So we like, she's learning kind of to swim. She loves nature. She loves plants. So we spend a lot of time. I, te- I tell her, okay, look at this plant. Uh, look at the small animals. That's maybe sometimes, sometimes she's noticing more than me or sometimes I notice like a small ant who is carrying a, a leaf or something like this. And, and we just look at it. So th- those kind of things uh, I always explain, since she was the baby, I always explain her everything I was seeing or, or she was seeing. So, how you say it in English? A frog? It's not a frog, but the male part, uh, the male. Uh, and she saw it and because it, it came out in the garden because we were watering the plants. So I told her, yes, I love water. Uh, and of, okay, I, I'm not a encyclopedia so I don't know all of the scientists and biology but some things I know she loves the plants they love when it's raining so I'm explaining her more than what she can see to really like expand her like vision and everything and I think that's important and I think my husband was probably really in tune with that from the beginning with when my son was born because he always had said you know we have to talk to him 
as a baby and, and not in like a baby voice, even though, again, that's my opinion, everyone does what they do, but he was like, you know, to really have him understand. And, you know, my mom always says that my son is, was like me, he has a very old soul. So some, from a baby, he would just pick up on things very, very, just very aware. So we talk to him like a little adult, which is what he is, you know, and, and I tell him about consequences and responsibilities and when we're outside. And I think, COVID taught me, I'm not a homeschooling teacher in the traditional sense. Like I'm not a creative mom. And again, comparing, right? So I see all these moms making these great things on social media. And I'm like, no one is getting just social media. Like no one. I'm like, I can't, I was getting again, anxiety. I'm like, no, I'm like, my my child is going to be behind. And then I said, whoa, 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 whoa. He's going to learn in everything we do, just being with me, explaining, going on walks. And that's what we did. We made our own little creativity things, like building things and, and whatever. And really and truly, that's what helped during those few months. And I was very thankful for that. But I think that's awesome what you're doing because yeah, that's how, especially the first like three to five, six years, they say. That's when they're taking all of it in. So my child is in a traditional preschool, but what has helped us, and, and I horrible to say, has been COVID because now he's in a much smaller classroom. I think there's only six to eight kids where before there was like 20 something students for two teachers or whatever it was. And he goes to a bilingual school. So he's, you know, know both and they only speak Spanish, at least like 95% of the time. But I made a conscious effort, like, since I can't be home with him and we cannot homeschool him, then as much as we can, whether I'm cooking, everything is a learning teachable. I say everything is a teachable lesson and is in essence what you're doing. Everything is a teachable moment for, especially at that age, because they're, they're absorbing so much. Yes, the good and the bad. And that's what breaks my heart is when the innocence, when we have to explain certain things because they're born with such like magic and everything is good in the world. So, you know, the conversations, the tough conversations, but the, the necessary, unfortunate conversations, especially like what's going on in the world and things like that. So tell me, because I have this part of the podcast where I ask like your favorite book and things like that. But before we go into that, tell me a little bit more about your program. And when I post this, I'll put a link to your, you know, to everything that you do and all of that. But tell me a little bit more about some of the programs that you do. I do mainly, of course, I offer some one-to-one, uh, -one, but I do mainly some group programs. Okay. So once again, for my time and also to be more affordable for people. So I do group programs where one part is a course that is already like, it will be uh, first live, but then it will be recorded. And they go in the course, they have access to all the things. And also we have like weekly some sessions, live sessions where they can ask me their questions. We go over the resources and everything. And as I said, like the part of the program and I, I really like, like my programs to be small. I have always done my program small. I, I like to give attention to everyone. And because everyone is different, especially like in burnout, we have like things that are similar as we have just talked about, but every case is different. Every business uh, is different. So I need to, I, I, I like to do it like this. Uh, to help, no, no, uh, and that, that gives you to, to where you're not burnt out dealing with 10 people. Everyone feels that they're getting enough of you. 
Exactly, exactly. So usually it's 10, uh, it's 10 people uh, and I will launch uh, this new program in, in February or March, depending on the copywriters and everything, uh, how long it takes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, as I said, like the first part is energy reset. Uh, the second part is really building up this high energy level, building up the self-love, the self-acceptance, and the third part is focusing on the productivity, the focus of their business, simplifying it, looking at the tasks that they can delegate, the ones that they don't delegate, really structuring their business, putting some prior, uh, priorities because it's very different and difficult for many people to focus and uh, prioritize. Then we have a big part about mindsets where we talk different things about mindset, but as we said, like asking for the right prices. This is the masterclass that I love to do. Also, I do in other uh, group programs where I go there and we really talk about like their prices, what they are offering and how they can basically get more time uh, for money or more money. So money mindsets, asking for higher prices or at least having different prices for the different things that they want to offer. We see in the part three about uh, delegating. In part four, we really go into how to hire like your assistants, which people to hire first, how to find them, the right question to ask them. Because this is very, like, I, I can yeah, say. No, like, that's awesome. Right? Sometimes it's a lucky draw. <laughs> Unfortunately, when uh, when you get someone working for you, it's not always a good pe- person. So really do your research well, but we will go through this to make sure that this is like very important. And also there are some guest experts which are coming for Reiki, for energy healing, for also marriage talk to talk because like marriage is very important as part of a mom, as part of a so it's it's all like connected. What I do in my programs, I am doing it because I also have another business, which is business strategy and uh, strategies, as I said, for vacation rental owners. I was only focused on seeing on business before, but for like when I was hiring a coach and when I was teaching business or coaching about business, I was feeling that I was not helping moms or like my clients usually are moms because we attract what are similar to us. I was not helping them as a whole. You know, I was helping them. Yes, I, I know a lot about Instagram. I know a lot about uh, all the social media platforms. But this is, uh, once again, this is business is not your life. Your business is one part of your life. So yeah. I make sure that my programs are really helping them on everything. And in Obviously. fact, uh, today, like I, I also offer a membership for more affordable prices. Uh, and today I had the membership call. And always in the group uh, membership call, I always ask them, okay, what, uh, what were your good things for this week? What were your bad things for this week? Business-wise, because I, I offer... I always have this like strategist uh, business uh, of me, which really wants to help them on the business part uh, because I have like built some, so I, I know the, some things. Also about their life, their life goals, their family goals, so that we don't really 
you don't, don't lose sight of it. You don't lose sight of also what's really important because like you said, it's not just the business, it's them making sure that everything else in their life is aligned together because if it's not, the business doesn't succeed. Yes, exactly. And alignment, in fact, it's uh, now that you remind me, it's a very important part, but it's a part of my program that I just forgot. Uh, it's very late here. And um, yes, alignment, we make sure that your business is aligned with your values, with why you started at the beginning. Because as I said, many people start because they want to have more time for their kids. And at the end, they end up yelling at their kids, not having time for them and not having time for themselves as well, like for self-care. So we also talk about a lot about self-care. I'm going to publish at some time this year uh, a book about like self-care, gratitude and empowerment for mompreneurs. So I really, they, they get it as part of the program. It's included in the program. So they will have it each day. It's a new question to really like uh, make you self-reflection. I think it's very important. And also, I have in my programs a guest, like what we could call a guest experts coming in uh, each month to talk about something like super new for many people. Like for me, for instance, um, I've just started art, if we call it art, like right now I'm really at the beginning stages. So, but because of attending such a masterclass because I like I was really inspired and I think it's so important for um, self-care and our really to be balanced in our life to try something new to try something crazy every month so every month I will have a guest expert coming in to to do some things that many people don't know about so that they, they try again something new. For some, like it will not always be like a winner. Okay, I'm going to do this for tomorrow and I will continue for the whole time. But they will learn something new on that day and it will really be a distraction of the normal like routine. So this is uh, part of my business. Basically, simplify uh, your life, learn to prioritize, learn to structure your life as an entrepreneur and align with your values, your goals, and whatever you need. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love how women on my feed, on my Instagram feed, are taking control of that. I see so many women entrepreneurs and some doing similar things, coaches or whatever it is. And I admire it because I think a lot of times we get fearful to start a new business or something because maybe someone else is doing it or we see this or we think whatever. But nobody, there's no other Natasha, just like there's no other Nicole. So uh -huh. you are doing your business how you are doing your business. The next person is doing it like them, meaning there's room for everything. And I think that's another thing that does stop people from, from pursuing their dreams is because, well, they already have that. It's like, mm, no, I think a perfect example is like Apple and Samsung. Apple's like the biggest or one of the biggest things but then we wouldn't have a Samsung if someone else came and said, no, I can do what Apple does, but I'm going to do it this way. And so that's, that's awesome. And I'm so happy that I, I see that because I think over the course with COVID and just in, in life in general, the way things have been going on over the last, I don't even know, with recessions and economies and things that were going on in Europe, things that are going on in the United States, I still see so much hope and still see so many, especially women and mothers being resilient and, and doing what they have to do. And it's beautiful, beautiful to see. Yes, it's so important. And I think that's 
a big lesson for 2020 was you have to be resilient. And also it's, of course, like there were some like really bad things that happened last year, but I saw so many women, as you said, and moms especially that became empowered to really go after their dreams and to understand in fact, it was not the case for everyone, of course. Uh, yes, but it was. A lot of moms were like more spending more time with their kids, and they were like just enjoying it, and they didn't have the they would not have had the chance without those uh, big situations that happened. And it's it's just amazing. It's super important. We'll get into so this is my favorite little section. It's called my get to know, and it's learning about Natasha. So of course, yeah, we know okay your lifestyle and you know and things like that, but. Now it's kind of a, a thing for you to kind of put to the podcast world about your, what you like and what you, you know, things like that. So do you have a favorite book or one that you would like to recommend to the podcast world? So I have one that I read last year and which is amazing. Like the best book ever, I think, which is called Ignite Happiness. Uh, maybe, yeah. Did you understand? Because for me, it's very difficult yes, ignite, to say. Ig- ignite Happiness. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is maybe not super famous, but it was like, basically it's a story of diff- different women. I think it's not only moms, but yeah, women in general, I think, or people in general. I, I don't remember if it's just women. But each very small story is telling us how they found happiness or, or at least how they are on their way because like mm-hmm. finding happiness is a big big thing to say but how they are on their way some like really recovering from like very bad situation yeah. it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's super empowering book it's amazing I, I would not say that i felt connected to all of the stories because of course it's uh, some stories where for me, less interesting than others because you will like connect with people that are similar to you usually. But it, it was amazing. It's such an inspiring book. It's like Ignite Happiness. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. I, I can also give you the links that, so that you can put it because I know that there might be some others uh, on Amazon. So this is just, for me, it's the best book after on, on this topic. It's the best book after the Happiness Project from Gretchen Robin, which is, of course, much more uh, well-known. Mm-hmm. I, I read when I started, when I became a mom, and which was also very, very like impactful in my life. And I, what I wanted to say, in fact, before, and I remember, is that since that time, but I wanted to be a life coach for years. I wanted to do, like, and it, it's something that I, I have always done it. I have always empowered people to go after their dreams, to really, like, align their life and not be in the shoot. But I didn't do it for years. I just did it last year. I started doing uh, this business last year to really align with my purpose. As I said before, I was just focusing on business. I wanted more to help people more. And when I read this book about um, the happiness project from Gretchen Robin, and I became a mom, that at that point that I was like, okay, I, I need to help moms because this is so tough, especially at the beginning. I mean, there is, I was not ready for it. I was nowhere. No women, no woman is ready. And it, but that's a whole nother topic because I feel like they prepare you or try and prepare you for birth. Yes, exactly. You know all about pregnancy but no one tells you what happens after. Here's the baby. Bye. 
<laughs> Even pregnancy, I was not ready for it. Uh, we all talk about, oh, you will want to eat strawberries, blah, 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 blah. blah. And they don't talk about the first trimester that yeah. you cannot hold. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like what we were saying, like, so this book, and yeah, this was, this was tough. Like I, I was, I had a really great, how you say, like person preparing me for like um, giving birth. And like she a doula, told, like a doula or yeah. midwife or something. Uh, midwife, yes. And she told us in a in a reunion, in a meeting, you are all afraid from giving birth, but let me tell you that this will be after, this will be even worse. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. And I remembered her every night, every moment my child, my daughter was crying like crazy and I didn't know what to do uh, because at that time they don't speak. <laughs> uh, even now, like, they are, like, it's much better, I will say. like Since she turned two, it's much better. But there are still moments where you think like, okay, I'm... Like right now, like uh, can I give up somewhere? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> can I go? That's, that's um, what I'm saying. No one prepares us for this, and and no one can't because everybody's experience is different. Every child is different. Every child's needs are different. Every family's needs are different. So it's it's a very complicated but beautiful adventure. Yeah, beautiful. It's at the same time it's so beautiful. Like to see them growing up, as you were saying, like discover and develop this is this is just amazing that's why i i love since she's too of course she was already like doing new things before yeah. but it's it's amazing this phase is amazing so yes yeah. of course it's not only bad but uh, no. it's good to it's a, also it's a, it's a beautiful chaos beautiful chaos my next question what are you grateful for today this life, this life that I have created, I'm so grateful, as I said, to, to have decided for myself that the most important is our time. We, we have, like, we don't know what happens tomorrow. It's super important to think about today, to have time for me, for my yoga, for chanting mantras, to be with my daughter to see her like grow and develop, as I said, to have time to, to do what I want, basically, or to, do, to not do what I don't want uh, as well anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm super grateful. As I said, I started being an entrepreneur eight years ago. I started working for $5 an hour. So I'm grateful for the journey. I, I don't say that it, it, took me, it took me one month. It took me some time, grateful for this. So like nothing, nothing better. I will not go, go back to anything else. What is, oh, this is a good one. What has motherhood taught you? Many things. Uh, the first thing is that uh, I love my freedom <laughs> and my independence. But I really recognize it even more after when I lost it. Uh, so, but uh, what it taught me really much is to be present. Like this is just amazing how, how they are present, you know, how they, they fully live their emotions, their bad emotions, their like good emotions, how like this look at the small things and they they don't care about tomorrow they really don't care about tomorrow they care about now they care about if you're with them right now they care about the, the things that happens right now not tomorrow tomorrow is tomorrow 
being present, I think is the same thing with my son. It just taught me how everything is in the moment. They don't have any malice and they forgive so unconditionally, even when they are upset, then it goes away. Like I'm like, Oh God, we could all learn from them. Right. We could all learn of how to manage our emotions and be like, you know what? We might need a moment to scream, but then we let it go and keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Couple more questions. What do you do to recharge and make sure Natasha is good? Like I know, obviously, you know, you set your schedules. You make sure you don't have a, you you try not to overwhelm your schedule. But I know you mentioned yoga. What other things do you do to make sure Natasha is good? So, if you, like, of course, yoga. Since like a couple of months or weeks, I started to to do art. So I'm like drawing. I'm not good at it, but I'm doing it. So I, I love this because once again, you're really in the moment, present moment. I am like just focusing on what I will draw. So this is, uh, this is something to recharge. Going on hikes. I love hiking. I love being in nature. I think there is no better things than being in nature. Like there, like mother nature, and I'm turning more and more spiritual uh, with the girls. I was not spiritual at all before. And, but I really think that Mother Earth is curing us, is healing us, like walking, even with shoes, but it's better without shoes, in the nature, touching the nature is, is amazing, it's very healing and very, like, calm down everything and being more peaceful. So this, what else I do, music. I don't do it often enough, but sometimes my partner puts like some loud music and we just dance like crazy. My daughter loves dancing. And so this is a great thing that I love, but I don't do enough, as I said, music for recharging. I'm starting also to do mantras, uh, chanting, because I did a Reiki session and she mentioned that I should like open more my throat again, like doing some things that I have not done before and talking with friends is I just love this or being on interviews it's really recharging it's also taking a lot of energy but it's recharging and giving me a lot of energy um, doing my my calls with my clients it's also amazing because I, I select my clients and it's I love this it's empowering other people is empowering like me or recharging me in a way that I love my partners even when I was <laughs> even when I was teach and when I was teaching my partner was always telling like you're paid to just love all uh, the whole hour because like just laughing with them and yeah. teaching them French but it was all based on conversation so we were really like talking and they were asking about my life they are like we were asking about their life and it was just amazing so this was really recharging everything for me Man, I like I spend my whole day on recharging, to be honest, and and this is what and I reconnecting really and doing all of that, yes. Because this is this is this life. I think this is uh, reconnecting with yourself, with yourself, so yeah. that people that you know yourself better and you you are able to do one one step after the other and your steps are feeling light when you align with life and when you align with yourself 
it seems so easy. Uh, it's crazy to say. And in fact, I have to say that for some time, I'm not posting much content uh, on Facebook. I'm not active in my group because my life for a few last months is feeling so easy. And I'm feeling like kind of disconnected uh, from other from other people because I don't want to be like, hey, yeah, my life is easy and maybe you're like, not. But I think it's, I think it's also, you know, I think you've reached that point. Yeah, I, I reached that point where I just like, I, as I said, it took me years. I was burnt out. I was working um, when I was very, like, when I was having my daughter, I was building an, another business at that time when I was having my daughter because I understood that I didn't just want to teach, I wanted more, but I, I got burnt out because I, I thought I had to do all the things at the same time, write the blogs, be on YouTube, everything myself. I was not taking time for my yoga that I loved and everything. So it took me some time, but now that I'm there, I'm really like, I'm not going back. I'm never like going back to the other side where you don't have time for yourself. So it feels easy too easy that it's sometimes it's difficult to share what I'm living right now because it feels just like a dream <laughs> but but yeah but you've also worked hard to get there I mean you, like you said this wasn't something that you just happened upon you're still doing the work you're still figuring it out and like you said making sure you take the time for yourself so I think that's important to know and that's how you're at the place that you're at it didn't just it didn't just come, you know, it took time, you know, so you need to appreciate that. That's amazing. Okay, Natasha, any final thoughts to the podcast world? Any final words? Any advice? What What do you want to say to the to the people out there? So I always finish the podcast interview like this. It's live your dreams. Whatever your dream is, go for it. Nothing is impossible, really. Everything is possible. Just go for it. If you don't know, don't get overwhelmed by all the ideas you have in your head. Ask, ask for, for help. Other people will know the answers. Like, for instance, I'm sure you didn't know how to start a podcast when you just started it. Uh, you asked for help. You went for to look for answers from people who have done it already uh, and go for it. Like, nothing is impossible. You will never be, as, as you said, like we are in a market where like, you will never be the first one to do something. Like, for instance, if like us, you want to travel the world, like many families have done it before, so it's possible. Everything is possible. Everything. Like they are thinking about going to the moon or things like this, you know, for normal people. If this is possible, if like our crazy 2020 happened, you see everything is possible. So just go for it. Go after your dreams. We have only one life. I love that. I love that. Natasha, it was a pleasure having you on. I learned a lot of what you do in helping moms. And you said some really good, as I call, like nuggets and, and like words of wisdom for, for my listeners out there. So thank you so much for your time, for coming on. And like I said, when I post this, I'll post any links that you want me to post. And yeah, and I'll send you the links as, as well. So you can, you know, listen and post if you'd like as well. So thank you so much for sharing your truth and your, your journey. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. As I said, I just love empowering moms. So I'm super happy when I'm on podcast so that I can share my story and helping others to live their own stories. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode. 
download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.